Welcome again, everyone, to another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And I'm Aura. So, we've, we've passed ten years, and crazy enough, video games are still still here, and we're still playing them, at least, uh, at least sometimes. You and we're how, still doing the show. Yeah, you know how old I was when I started the show? Seven. I was 24 years old. Pretty close. So, you can do the math fairly easily. I'm an old man now. Um, this week, this week we've seen a lot of news. Certainly more more modern than the first first show we did ten years ago. But um, I don't really know where to start because we've got we've got so much. I what know I, just where to start. I continue to be surprised by how much news there is after Christmas. You know, there's there's a lot of good stuff going on right now, and by good I mean uh, interesting and catastrophic. So I I usually like to start by by letting people know about the struggles I've had this week with with gaming. Is that is that where you want to go? Uh, no, but you can go ahead. That's fine. Okay, so I'll try to limit it. Because I haven't had any struggles with gaming <laughs> I the have. entire week. The people who have been following our Facebook or my, my Twitter handle, uh, well, I guess you'd have to actually go look at my Twitter page because I've been communicating with Microsoft support. Um, that's where I will. I will ex- I'm going to try to limit it because we, this we, could get frustrating for even the listeners. Would you, would you really want to call it communication? Yeah, it's... You should really you should look at our Facebook page, the post I made showing a clip of the chat, and I will I'll I'll pull it out in a minute. It's amazing. Um, so simply simply put, you guys know I'm trying to play Killer Instinct with this pin ultimate edition, which I've complained about in the past. So I'm not going to spend too much time, but that's exactly what this is about, right? Um, I finally succeeded in the very first Killer Instinct pin ultimate edition challenge, which is to beat four ranked matches in a row or win four ranked matches in a row. I had to do it, by by the way, at night. That's how I'd always play at night. And then you, people would just be kicking my ass left and right. I, I was lucky to win two matches in a row. If I could even win one, it was, it was great, right? But winning two in a row, I think I only did once or twice. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to play in the daytime when I'm guessing less skilled players are playing the game. Uh, That's and, right, because they've honed their skills by watching soap operas for seven hours. Perhaps I, I don't know what it is. I just I thought playing the daytime, so I did. I played it around noon, my time, and I won six matches in a row until finally getting defeated. Um, so I won. I got the the achievement that I needed, but uh, I had already registered. Like, there's no explanation that you have to do this. But like I said, you dig down deep. You go online wherever you want to go, and it's like, oh, you need to go to this special page to register. So I register, even though I've unlocked my, my thing, my, my pin ultimate edition, I've used it to play the game, right? And they have my contact information and they know what achievements I have. I need to register separately. And there's been no like big warning that you have to do this. So uh, how did you know that you had to do that? Because I dug through the special, there's a special area called the meld, which is basically like community information. Right. And then I dug in there and found an old post that said, hey, here's the challenge this month. You need to go register here to do it. And so it pulls you to the Xbox One's web browser to go fill it in where you have to type in the 25-digit code that came with your game. Do you want? Do you get the feeling that they're trying to discourage participation so they just don't have to deal with no, it? No, no. It's just very poorly organized. It's quite apparent. So anyway, I go through that struggle. I think I talked about that last week. Um, I go through that struggle. Great. But there's no confirmation aside from the screen that says, thank you for registering. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I gave them the wrong email or maybe I put in the wrong. I don't know. Uh, so I'll try it again. And you do it again. And it's the same confirmation. Thank you for registering. You're like, oh, well. Maybe great. maybe it was fine the first time and you broke it by doing it a second time. Right. I've been reading some forums. and I am not the only person who've registered multiple times, by the way. So I, um, I ended up doing it three times because after I got my my um the the achievement the one that i needed to win the challenge i was like well i still haven't gotten any email and it's been like 10 days so i'm gonna do it again yeah see when i don't get feedback i do the same thing over and over again which is why when i get to a stoplight i press the button 80 times before i get to cross yeah it's the definition of insanity so i do it again and strangely in just a few hours so so i did it twice several days go by then i finally get the achievement I need, I do it a third time and only a few hours goes by and I get an email saying, hey, your registration for this failed. Like, And so it's like, it says, I forget the exact text, but it's basically saying you haven't activated the pin ultimate edition using the live ID, the email address, um, or no, it's actually the, the Xbox live ID um, for me, Chatterbox Alon. 
uh, Wonderful. You, you haven't activated it. And I was like, well, I definitely have because guess what? I'm playing it. <laughs> I'm playing it right now. Um, so I, I get on instant chat with Microsoft and I realize this is going to get me nowhere because this is a specific community event through Double Helix Games. But I'm, go- I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. Yeah. Did you and feel like you were actually talking to or chatting to a human being? No, I felt like I was talking to a robot, a robot who is most definitely Indian. And I don't, I don't want to be all racist and be like, Indian support is crap. Because they're certainly capable of giving good support. But the words he was using, the way he was talking, it was so clear. Yeah. So clear that I have to bring this up to you because it's, that's how funny it is. While you're looking for that, I got to say... I had one customer service experience with an Indian individual. I've had more than one, but lately I've had one. And there was this Indian woman, and she had a beautiful Indian accent, and she spoke the most beautiful English I had ever the pleasure to hear. Really? And it was the most pleasant experience ever. And it was not just because she had an awesome English or Indian accent, English Indian accent. But it was because she was actually listening to me. And right. that's... I wish that I got a woman on support like every time. Yeah. But... Well, well, that's not always the case that they listen to you. It's just endemic in customer service that they're not listening to what you are saying. Yeah. My experience in general is that women tend to listen more. So It seems to be that way, but I'm pretty 50-50 with my experience on customer service. So, so let me tell you... Basically, I'm just like, listen, I did register it. I'm playing it. I gave him the live ID. I know it's the right live ID because I went into my account and it shows that that's what it's connected to. Or rather, I can log into the Microsoft website for xbox.com. I can log into it with this live ID, meaning like the email address associated with my Hotmail account. Um, and this is the only thing I use Hotmail for is <laughs> this my Xbox live ID. Um, but also, it's got a secondary email account for my billing info which is the, it's the secondary one. It's not the primary one because when I try to log into Xbox.com using that secondary one, it does not work. So anyway, I'm in the middle of this chat with this, with this guy and um, you know his name is supposedly Ronald. And at one point he says, when, when basically we're, we're about wrapping it up, he's, at first he's like, I guarantee you we're going to solve this problem while, you're on the, while we're chatting today. And I'm like, ha ha, fat chance. That's not going to happen. Um, and then towards the end, he's like, all right, I got to pass you off to a specifically an Xbox One specialist. Fine, fine, do it. He's like, it, it, there's a setting on your Xbox you have to change. And I was like, absolutely not, but okay. I wasn't saying those things. I was just like, I was just rolling with it. But then towards the end, when he's ready to pass me off to someone else, he gets all cheery and great, right? Because he, whatever, he feels good that he's done. He thinks he's completed his task. Yeah. He basically says something to the effect of, you know, I'm sure he'll be able to solve this for you when I pass this on to the other guy. I say, me too. He says, I'm also excited to play that game too, as that game sounds really cool. Smiley face. So he keeps referring to just that game. And I'm like, you're a Microsoft person. Shouldn't you be able to play? Oh, no, because you're probably stuck in some, like, hut in India where they don't even give you the games that you're talking about. Maybe they get, like, a 10-cent bonus every time they say that in text chat. I don't know. He then says, without any response from me, upon checking here, I've seen enough information and it's just saying that you need to have the Microsoft account that needs to be running to have the game activated. And it seems that there's only a setting on the console that needs to be checked, Alon. Would it be okay if I get you to the queue of Xbox One specialists right now? Which we've already talked about Xbox One specialists, but sure, right? I don't respond. And before I can respond, just a few seconds later, he says, from the bottom of my fart, excuse me, that was, oops. <laughs> Excellent. From the bottom of my heart, I would like to thank you. It seems that my day will be great because I am talking to a very nice person during my shift. So now do you think it's a human or a robot? No, it's, it's a human, but that was actually the second one. Before that, he said, you're very much welcome, Alon. Let me double check it first if we can sort it out since you have me here on my end, Alon. Uh, I'd be more than happy to see you smiling when we have sorted this out on my end. But if not, I'll be glad to see you also smiling once you speak with the Xbox One specialist. I was supposed to start with that one. <laughs> wow. that's uh, I don't know if I want to say that's a highly trained customer service person or a highly disingenuous customer service or maybe just an incredibly happy customer yeah, service. Yeah, I don't know. He's just trying really hard to be happy since he can't solve the problem. So yeah. while I'm doing this, I've got this took a very long time. He's practicing the Jedi yeah. mind trick. So while I was having this very long conversation, I took to Twitter, which I know are Americans, and perhaps more in tune with the product. Again, I hate being so racist about it, but it's so true. 
Well, look, it's, so, it's not racist. It's just a cultural difference. Yeah, they're communicating better because they're actually connected to the company, not just outsourced. That's what it is. It's not that he's Indian. It's that he's completely outsourced. Yeah. Although, by the way, their Twitter support is also outsourced. I know the guys who run it. But, but, anyway, um, they seem to be more in tune. Uh, although, to be honest, that's not really true because I've gotten the total runaround from them as well. In the end, I was told to try to do the registration again a fourth time, but using my Yahoo secondary mail address, uh, which, of course, is the wrong thing to do. Because that hasn't worked yet. Yeah. just Well, I had only tried the, the Hotmail one so right. far. So, okay, you do Let, the Yahoo let's one. Let's try the options that we know won't work. Yeah. It's like, well, if you don't hear back, if you don't hear something in the next couple of days, uh, tell us again. So now it's been like seven more days. And still nothing. No communication. I've gone onto the forums. I posted. There's this thing called launchworks.net. I have no idea what it is. It's not mentioned anywhere. But it's like the website that's controlled by Microsoft that has something to do with running these community events. So there's a forum there where some guy, just on his own, put up details about, all right, here's all the details people want to know about this Killer Instinct penultimate edition stuff. And one of the guys, supposedly from... Double Helix game or running this contest or, or promotion, I should say, jumped in there and said, don't worry, we know it's taking a long time to get emails out, but everyone will get their stuff. Right? And in the forums, there's like 10 other people with my same problem of getting an email saying it's, um, you know, their registration failed. Bottom line is it's super frustrating and their support is super frustrating. And this whole penultimate edition thing is totally poorly managed. And I'm, I'm in the middle of a Twitter conversation right now while we're recording this with someone at support because I've gone back to them a week later saying, hey, you told me to get back to you. It's still broken. Can you please just go to Double Helix Games and someone, someone can figure this out. Can someone just, just communicate? Maybe they just turned it off and gave up. And they're like, ah, oh, there's only the salon guys. It's not even worth it. No, it's, I mean, lots of people are looking into it. You can buy the pins. You can pay $15 for a pin. Of course you can. That will be taken care of immediately. Yeah. I have a couple things I want to say after you. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And you know... This episode, Ara? Yeah. This episode of Chatterbox Video Game Radio? Yeah, what about this episode of it's Chatterbox sponsored. Video Game Radio? It's sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. Their website is uat.edu. And, uh, and you can check them out by going to that website. Oddly, you can't contact them through email, but there is a web form you can fill out, and someone will contact you to learn about all of their stuff. I bring that up because uh, I want to tell our, our rabid listeners that we have been supported for the last 10 years by UAT, the school that, that I attended and that many people you and I both know attended. Um, and at the end of this month, uh, the sponsorship from, from the University of Advanced Technology will cease. They're no longer going to sponsor the show. But I am uh, sincerely grateful for everything they've done for the last 10 years, keeping the show alive, keeping you and I doing the show. And I don't think uh, the lack of their sponsorship will prevent us from doing the show anymore. But um, I just wanted to thank them for that. Uh, this is not one of those messages where I say screw them or anything. They're actually really awesome. And they've done stuff like this for, for me. Actually, on they sponsored something else I did in 2004. I think I've talked about my Segway trip, right? They sponsored that. And they sponsor a lot of people we know doing cool stuff in the community, game-related stuff. Like Fig, they sponsored as well, and a bunch of other things. Um, so I wholeheartedly suggest that people check out what they're doing. And uh, and if you want to contact them, even though I can't find an address for them, <laughs> like a generic address, you should totally say, hey, guys, thank you 
for making Chatterbox Video Game Radio exist and uh, giving it the life it needed to to keep going on even without them. Um, as long as you're not mean about it, I, I support you letting them know that it was awesome that they helped us out for 10 years. And uh, and that's it. That's it. My, my thanks to them. And we'll continue, you know, promoting them for the remainder of the month until uh, until they're not sponsoring the show anymore. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Is that enough of a boilerplate response from me? <laughs> I guess. I guess. Um, so wrapping up the whole last segment, it's just it sucks that there's a really cool thing that a company is doing with one of their games, but then just doesn't do it properly. So there's there's all sorts of lack of communication and lack of lack of infrastructure yeah. supporting this this effort, and the problem is that it raises the community's hopes by saying, "Hey, there's this cool thing," and then it pisses them all off by not doing it properly. You reminded me that this has happened to me a bunch of times because of the Grand Turismo stuff that the they do. Well, um, no, that was an event that had tons of participants. So it was not handled poorly. Or Yeah, it seemed like it was actually really well organized. Yeah. However, when I've been involved in promotional events or competitions or so on that's sponsored by the game publishers or developers themselves, uh, in other times, it, it has been a disaster not unlike what you're experiencing. I remember there was, I was in the Gradius Five nationwide competition when that game came out. And I got sixth place in the USA, which was really cool. Really? Yeah. Sixth place? Well, it was in my in the combination of things that uh, I picked for, uh, because you could like you were there were four categories of ranking, and so depending on what like ship you picked, mm-hmm. there were basically six top ten lists. Okay. Um, Still. Well, actually four, but yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it was a game that um, I. I took a great liking and affinity to. And I'm sure it was more, my, my, my uh, success, I think, was more a result of uh, the lack of participation. And that's what I want to get at here. I'm distinctly under the impression that when these promo things happen, unless there's a lot of people involved, I just feel like it just doesn't, nobody cares, is the bottom line. Yeah, well... Nobody seems to care... And, of course, the obvious thing you ask is that, well, if they're going to do a small promotion, then what's the point of even doing it in the first place if they're not going to properly support it all the way through? Yeah, and, and you know, back in the day, things were relatively small because there wasn't this this connectivity created by the Internet. Yeah. Um, but now, e- even when something is small, it's it's large by the standards of the person who has to organize it. Right. So on the scale of all of the Killer Instinct players, very small. On the scale of all of the Xbox One owners or hardcore gamers out there, it's very small. But for the one dude at some company who's responsible for making this work, it is certainly a huge endeavor. And something like this, honestly, if they're going to do this, they should have pulled in someone who's a professional party planner. Like someone who understands you have to dot every I and cross every T to yeah, make something it's not, work. Whatever it is, I mean, I don't... I'm not saying that what you're saying is necessarily an excuse for them, but I don't buy that at all as an excuse. I mean, they as a group chose to undertake something, and you can undertake it successfully or you can do it poorly. Oh, I am totally on your side there. I agree. I'm just saying, I, I mean, I, I feel for whoever it is that's doing it. I'm not saying it's super small and nobody cares. Certainly the people involved, like the people with the money probably don't care. But then again, I mean... Creating a partnership with Penny Arcade, having them do the art, and then, you know, they create tons of pins just for Penny Arcade, so they've got a whole infrastructure of pin creation that, that happens. This Penny Arcade thing is not, it's not new to Killer Instinct. I don't know if you knew that. You can go to their store and buy a bunch, bunch of pins, and you could trade pins with people, and there's a whole thing about collecting all the Penny Arcade pins. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So my point is, like, they didn't have to do the work of getting them created. They paid, like, Penny Arcade to do that work, um, at least the, the, you know, to get in on how they how they do all that. But then just organizing the how it's done infrastructure-wise for, like, there's going to be a special achievement. You have to get this achievement. We have to collect addresses. There needs to be a secondary registration instead of just taking from the database of existing players. Like, why did they have to do that at all? Why the secondary registration was necessary? I don't know. Um but there's there's all of these pieces and no communication whatsoever. It is horrible communication. They should just be able to know, you're a, a penultimate edition owner. We're going to put special notifications on the page for you. 
or we're going to email you because we know that you like we have your contact information. Microsoft emails me all the time. Yeah, it's it's no good for um, customer service. Yeah, right. There's all sorts of things they could have done where somebody's just not paying attention to the details and not getting it done. So, but here's here's the problem. I think that this speaks to a larger problem that is increasing in its scope as we go through time. And the problem is, this is really funny because this is, I'm going to make this incredibly broad and then bring it back down to reality. This is basically an example of what's been called in other domains, the tyranny of the majority, usually political ones. And what we see happening is not just in these promotions, but in the way that games are made and also in the way that things are being paid attention to in, uh, for example, what features are delivered and what things are worked on and what aspects of games are emphasized in development in general. We're totally experiencing a tyranny of the majority right now where basically what's happening is the features that the developer thinks, and that's an operative word here, thinks, is going to be wanted or desired or enjoyed or appreciated by the greatest majority gets concentrated on at the cost of everything else. And the problem that you get is that you get a very unbalanced game in a lot of ways when you do that. And yeah, I mean, I think you can just encapsulate pretty much everything that's been going downhill as far as how they make games in this way. Yeah, well, it's a bummer. That's, it's, what, it, that's what it comes down to. It's a bummer. And For I the don't player, think, it's a major pain in the ass. It's, it is. And the, the funny thing is, is I don't believe that this is something that actually is good going forward long term for just the entire community in all aspects, whether it's... Um, you mean to have these things or to let them be ruined? No, the way that... See, the thing is, is that you could argue that you could put forth, uh, at least at face value, a pretty compelling argument about how, well, it makes sense to do that. Of course, why wouldn't you uh, just do things that most people want? And the place where it breaks down is that the reason why that type of attitude or approach or philosophy is completely wrong is that what you think people want is not what they want. What you, what they tell you they want is not what they want. And the thing is, you cannot, as much as you think you can know by whatever metrics we have these days, marketing, statistics, even polls and stuff, um, using all those devices, you can get an impression of what you think your audience wants. But even then, I would argue that uh, what they actually respond to and what they actually like long term and what's actually most effective in engaging them for uh, not just getting them to buy this one game, and then feeling remorseful about it because you shit all over them. Or at least that's the way they felt. Um, but wow, I just lost my train of thought. That's, that's bad. All that stuff is bad. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the interaction between the, cons the, co the consumer and the person supplying the product that is not voiced. And unless you're very astute, you do you ignore those things and those factors that are not on the surface actually have a much bigger effect than is apparent it's and it's not it's not apparent at all to you unless you can have some appreciation for what those factors might be you're essentially saying the voice of the consumer is not heard by the developers yeah and it's because but the, the reason why it's not heard is they think that they're hearing the voice of the consumer but the problem is is that the voice of the consumer cannot be taken at face value you have to be much more sophisticated because they don't know what they want? Because, well, because of all those reasons. Yeah, but in a nutshell, yes. Okay. To quote Henry Ford, <laughs> right? I, I probably said it before, right? Henry Ford, if he did what everybody wanted during his time, then, as he is famous for saying, all he would have done was make a faster horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. So... All right. Well, All right. Well, I'm, well, I'm finished. With while that. we were talking, I did get another response uh, from, from Twitter support. Live support action on this Chatterbox. Is totally live through recorded podcasts. Uh, they say, okay, it looks like the game publisher is aware of this. So assuming that this person's not just blowing me off, and I believe that he's not, um, they actually researched it 
Or or he just looked at the forum link that I sent him and they're, decided from the forums that the game publisher is aware it. of it. They're aware? They're but aware has, there's a problem. Yeah, and that's Three. fine. That's at least fair. We'll be right back. Sometimes we'll, so we're doing the show, and I was just thinking about uh, how when when I we entered the last after the last break, I talked about UAT dropping the show, and I realized we're going to have a commercial break with no commercial. Ah, right. What and an so, excellent opportunity yeah, for somebody. If somebody else wanted to come sponsor the show, that's cool. But uh, given my low expectation of that. That happening. I wonder if we should offer up that space on a weekly or biweekly basis or something for people with cool projects where we just insert uh, a minute ad. And that would be something that people might actually look forward to every show. Like, what's the new thing that someone is promoting? And we just we offer that up free space. You're giving me a blank look like you're an idiot, Alon, for selling this space or for not selling it. Or I, I didn't think I had the capacity to see that much with my eyes. <laughs> I think that'd be a good idea. At least I'd be willing to beta, beta test it, the idea. Well, I like the idea of getting a new sponsor also. That's true. Well, if anybody knows someone, but, but if you know someone who has like a really cool Kickstarter, and by the way, the definition of cool is completely in our eyes, not, not anyone else's. But if you have a cool project, someone who would actually be able or has created uh, the necessary 30 or 60 or 45, whatever, 15, I don't care, second audio clip to promote whatever thing they want, um, I'd be willing to at least at least consider the idea of just putting a new clip up there every once in a while to promote someone's something that's game-related. But if you're a sponsor, you could put a stop to all of that yeah. by paying us some money. <laughs> yeah, that too. All right, so moving on to completely different things than the half a show that we gave to I gaming really, promotions. I really i am chomping at the bit to talk about Candy Crush. I, and I think we should. Okay. Although, admittedly, I do not understand what they're actually trying to do enough of it because I've only read little bits of articles well, and I feel like it goes deeper than that. No, you're in good company because I don't think they understand what they're doing. Yeah. But before we actually talk about it, can I just tell you that the little bit I know, the reason I think I don't know enough is because what is being portrayed in the small bits of articles that I've seen is so incredibly dumb, so stupid. <laughs> that I'm not willing to accept that it's actually happening. I think someone is not reporting it properly or not understanding the law. Okay, well, thank goodness that I have quotes not only from a spokesperson representing the voice of the developer of Candy Crush Saga, King in the UK, but also, ostensibly, one of their IP paralegals. Okay, let's hear it. First, first so, a synopsis of what actually is going on. All right. So, the latest news, and I'm saying latest because there's a little bit of history here. They have just trademarked the word candy. Just candy. Candy. All by itself. All by itself. Not Candy Crush Saga. And actually, what's happening now is that as far as trademarks go, I th believe that we're in a period right now of 30 days. I think we're about halfway through that period or maybe two-thirds through that period where the uh, trademark office is taking uh, basically challenges against this. Yeah, so like if, if you think this is a bad idea, you should contact us to let us know that this right. is a bad trademark or to, to allow. You, right. Or if you have already trademarked work that this infringes upon, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Now, I got to give you some context because a couple of years ago, you must know that King also applied for a trademark of the word guess. Crush? 
Nope. Guess again. Candy? No, that that one we have already. Kink. No, no, no. One more try. <laughs> I, I got nothing. There's one word left. Dot com? Saga. I, oh, is that? Yes. I forgot. I just think of it as Candy Crush. And Saga they tried to trademark, but that application, as of about a year ago, was suspended on a technicality, I guess, that I'm not going to go into detail of because I'm bored of that. So, okay. The problem is, is that all kinds of developers now are getting, um, are, are, are feeling the brunt of the legal muscle flexing by King, which means they're getting cease and desist letters and or uh, various tra- challenges for trademark. So I want to now read you a quote from what the spokesperson for King told, um, let's see. In an interview, they told this to Eurogamer sister site Games Industry International. Okay. Now, I've done a lot of research into the people who work there. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that I'm going to read this in the exact accent that they speak in. So here's what they said. We have trademarked the word candy in the EU as our IP is constantly being infringed. And we have to enforce our rights and to protect our players from confusion. And they continue. We don't enforce against all uses of candy. Some are legitimate and of course we would not ask app developers who use the term legitimately to stop doing so. Now, you may ask... What is considered a legitimate use of the word candy? Well, I can tell you what they decided is not a legitimate use, although you might disagree. So there's this one game that they sent uh, a cease and desist letter to. And it's an app, right? So it's in the same domain. And um, it's got a pretty long name, this app. You know what this this one's called? It's called... All Candy Casino Slotch Dash Jewel Craze Connect Colon Big Blast Mania Land. Yeah, I would, I would think that that is legitimate use. So that was one of their things, and um, they got. Wait a minute. They they got a cease and desist letter. What what were the last three? What was it called? All Candy Casino Slotch Jewel Craze Connect Big Blast Mania Land. That's interesting. There is an app on the App Store. When you just search for the word candy yeah. in the iOS App Store, yeah. first you get Candy Crush Saga. Yeah. Then you get Candy Blast Mania. Mm, interesting. I wonder if that's the same as All Candy Casino Slots Jewel Craze Connect Big Blast Mania Land. Is that from Team Lava? Uh, no. It's actually the developer, at least the, the guy who made it, is this guy named Benny Shu. And I got more info on this, and this is where it gets really good. So... This, this individual, Benny Shu, who made this game, he contacted King directly to discuss the issue because, um, okay, look, it's a funny name. Okay, look, it's obvious that what he's doing is going for um, search result Maximus here with this funny name. But come on. Are you going to confuse this No, like with Candy Crush Saga? A lot of what you see in the, in the App Store is, are completely derivative games that like are... Candy Plush Saga, stuff like that, right? And that's I'd be like, good. I'd be like, you should be able to stop that, right? Because that's not cool. They're probably ripping off the exact game. Right. And in fact, when this I look is, at this product, by the way, this is a straight up slot machine. This is not even the same type of game. Yeah, like just, that. Just that so I think clear. would be legitimate use. But when you, the problem is that trademark, the laws of trademark, they can't be like, oh, that's wishy washy. Yeah, we do think that is trying to steal. Because you can't just say, okay, Candy Crush Saga is protected from anything that rhymes and uses the word candy or stuff like that. It just doesn't exist. And so they have to make these really broad trademarks. So when they're so broad that they then go after this thing, which is clearly not infringement, that's right. a problem. Now, but let me, just let me show you this. Candy right. Crush Saga comes up with candy. Yeah, have you like, ever seen Candy Crush Saga, by the way? I assume you course, have. I have literally never seen this game. Well, that's fine. Your life isn't any worse right. for it. So it's you probably can see, better for it. I mean, you could look at the board, the layout. You're familiar with this. The yeah. shape of the items. I know what that is. Not confused. Then go to Candy Blast Mania. I would be confused 
with Candy Blast Media a little bit? Yeah, it's basically exactly the same thing. It is clear that Team Lava with Candy Blast Mania, and I've never played either of these games, but just from the screenshots, it's clear that they ripped off Candy Crush Saga and is using the word candy to to reap a benefit from the very popular Candy Crush Saga. That one, but you know what, right? They're not using the word candy to benefit from it. They are going for... Every other aspect of the game in every way you no, can notice. No, but having the word candy means that you show up in the search when uh, I search well, for candy. That's, that's true too. But yeah, there's been all sorts of stuff I, I search for in the App Store, and I come up with these really crappy derivatives. You know of, what? Of legitimate apps. You know what? I don't even know if that like change like changing because you're making your name based on what you would expect to get on search results based on commonly searched terms. I don't feel like that should hold up in a trademark issue. But anyway, I've got more. I've got one more quote that's really important. So this guy, Benny Shu, who made this All Candy Casino Slots Jewel Craze Connect Bleep Bass Mania Land game, when he contacted them, okay, and this is why, this is why they deserve this mockery that I'm dispensing right now, is because their response from, the response from King's IP paralegal, whose name is Sophie Hellstrom, she said, your use of candy slots in your icon uses our candy trademark exactly for identical goods, which amounts to trademark infringement and is likely to lead to consumer confusion and damage to our brand. The addition of only the descriptive term slots does nothing to lessen the likelihood of confusion. And I'm calling BS up and down the road on this. Yeah, it's a tough one. Now, now I got to, for clarity's sake, I have to mention that on the app icon, because the name is 70 letters long, it's uh, actually, it's just shortened to Candy Slots. But if there was ever a short name for that game to distinguish it from Candy Crush Saga, that's the one. Because she, this, I don't know, look, I didn't go to paralegal school. I'm not a paralegal. I love to pretend that I'm a lawyer. But this sounds crazy to me. That something called Candy Slots specifically differentiates it from Candy Crush Saga by telling you it is a slot game machine. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm with you here, although I haven't actually seen it. But then going back to this Candy Blast Mania thing to bring some legitimacy to this, their need for a trademark like this. Yeah. Look at this. I go to developer apps on the iOS app store, and this shows me the other games that this developer makes. And let's take a look. Team Lava. Yeah. Um, here we go. Do, now, now, before you even do it, I have the impression that maybe this isn't the only game that's a Mickey Mouse copycat. Yeah. We've got Bubble Mania, Restaurant Story, Bakery Story, Jewel Mania. Does that look like Bejeweled to you at all? Well, it's Jewel Mania trademark. Yeah. Fashion Story. Oh, and they have TMs on all these. Yeah. Pet Shop Story. These are. This is clearly a company that just copies other people's ideas. So stuff like this, this house. You don't say. This is basically Zynga. They should be shut down. They shouldn't be allowed to exist. But then again, I mean, th- that's the problem with copyright and trademark is that you can't you can't just say, oh, well, that game's a lot like mine. Turn it off. And it's why a million different games like Bust a Move exist. Right? You think? Okay. I'll say it a little are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives where else in the valley on campus or online can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security artificial life programming and game studies as well as technology management where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right. You think that 
Wow, I just lost it. I thought I could hold it for 20 seconds, but no. My I'm saying is- that there's some legitimacy to this stuff. However, I think they're stretching too far. I never said this before. They're stretching too far by trying to trademark simply the word candy. You know what's funny to me? The fact that... Okay, this was my point that I just remembered. The fact that um, these techniques of copying games on a surface level and then having similar titles, the fact that this is effective as a monetary tool tells you something about the nature of this market, doesn't it? Yeah, but I'm not sure the point you're making. I'm not sure either, but what I th- I'm getting the distinct impression that um, here's an example. If this was the kind of market where most of the downloads were actually not legitimate, then everything makes sense. I don't know what you mean. Most of the downloads aren't legitimate. In other words, like most of the downloads aren't um, purposeful downloads by people who want to play that specific game or are specifically interested in that game. Because if it was, then you wouldn't see this much profit-taking by copycats. Yeah, so here's the thing. You wonder, is it is it that, you know, mom hears about a game called Candy Crush Saga but doesn't remember the name. She goes and searches for it. She downloads the Candy Blast Mania, gives it to the kid, and then the kid wants to upgrade some stuff, and so she spends some money on in-app purchases, and then money has now gone to the secondary company instead of going to the Candy Crush Saga. So that would that would be basically damages, right? The, the alternative hypothesis is that they downloaded Candy Crush Saga, and now they want a different game. So they look for other stuff, and they know their kid loves candy. So they just say, what other games are like candy? Yeah. Um, in which case, they wouldn't deserve damages. Yeah, because they already got Candy Crush Saga. But even in the first case, see, here's my, here's my point. Especially now, Candy Crush is so well known that how can anybody accidentally get a copycat game? Oh, well, that's, that's easy enough. Um, it might be well-known, but that doesn't mean people remember the name, especially when you're first introduced to it. And if they can't tell the difference enough to, for not to make a difference on which one they actually end up getting and paying money to, because you have to be in the game for a while to pay money, because that's how these games work, it's just there's something not adding up here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's slimy when people rip off the idea, but on the other hand, there's a defense for, you know, people should be able to make games and use some ideas they see in other games and slippery slope would you stop anyone from making a platform game because mario came along first or or pitfall or whatever it shouldn't this shouldn't be working because the knockoffs are the same cost to the consumer as the original and the knockoffs are worst by all accounts yes so there's just there's there's something here that's not computing Uh, here's what it is uh children Children and very casual gamers do not have the same high standards as you are. Yeah, but it's not even high standards. It's having intent of getting something versus randomly clicking things. And like, oh, this has candy on it. Oh, please. I have pieces of steak for my hands. And, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think people, people have brains. Okay. Even people who aren't intelligent, they still have brains. Uh, yeah, but they don't have the same set of standards or rules. So I don't know. it's so hard for me to yeah. accept so that. Let, let's talk about something else that has been uh, in the news a lot lately. Sure. Uh, or it, it seems to be every article I read. Um, there's a lot of mention of Nintendo after uh, Iwata went up there and talked about how much money they lost or not. I mean, how much money they lost, but also the the big thing was that they were dropping their expectations for sales by a ridiculous amount. Right, and then. Of course, you get the normal the stock slump and stuff. Well, like everyone's like, "Oh, Iwata should resign." He says he's not going to resign. Like, what? Yeah. Like, I so I, I we posted something about this on the Facebook page. Uh, they they planned on selling X number of Wii U's, and they only sold thirty percent as many as they expected. Um, they expected to sell something like eighteen million 3ds's, and only did like thirteen point five. Which it's been selling really, really well, but it's still well short of expectations. Right. Um, so they're they're saying he should step down, and so there's two two things. They're saying he should step down, and they're saying Nintendo should stop making consoles. And so I have opinions on these things. <laughs> we don't have a lot of time. What's but, your opinion? Uh, I always say I would prefer to have someone who's made a mistake and learned from that mistake than uh, someone who is fresh and is likely to make that same mistake again. So 
I have a little bit of trouble here because I think the mistake that Iwata and, you know, his crew, I'm sure it wasn't him alone, um, the way that they promoted the Wii U, the way that they named the Wii U, every, everything to do with the Wii U launch, um, it seems to me like they should have known in advance that it was going to go poorly. And mm. they chose to do it anyway, and they chose not to, to take the necessary steps to make it work, like putting games people actually want on the system in the first year, um, working, you know, having other interesting ideas to make it sell better, having marketing that wasn't absolute trash. I haven't met a single person who thinks that their commercials aren't anything but horrible. Um, there, you know, I have a distinct <clears throat> feeling that the biggest mistake they truly made was in naming the system. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of it. It should have just been Wii 2. I don't even I don't even know if they should have called it Wii anything because I think the major problem is that average person finds it very difficult to distinguish Wii U from Wii. Yeah, well, part of that it's it's not the name of it; it's the fact that it uses the Wii remotes again. Because yeah. uh, I mean, think well, about, that, that contributes. They're yeah. confusing themselves. Think about NES and Super NES. I mean, really, Super? Why not Super Wii? Why didn't we have a Super Wii? Well, would you think that's different, or just I mean? See, the thing you can make the super. same argument, Wii versus Wii U, Super versus not No, 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 because no, like, you know what Super is. When something's Super, you're like, okay, this is better. But I, when but I didn't you, back in 1990. You didn't think Super Nintendo was Super? No, because I knew better, but the general public didn't. Oh, I know, but it has that connotation. What do you mean? The general public knows that it's better because it says it's Super. <laughs> the fact is that their, their expanded demographic now means they're working with people who don't even understand the concept of new consoles. Mm. Right. It had to be really obvious with it. And but but their marketing was bad. Their their launch lineup was bad. Their um, working with third parties was bad. Like they should have just they should say, you know what? You know what they need to do with their next system? Since this one is already sort of failed. Say when you buy the system, we are going to give you maybe not every but a huge collection of nostalgic NES and Super NES games that come free with the system. You send, you spend 300 or $350 and you get that library when you buy the system. And by the way, there's a bunch of other stuff you can play. Well, they have their and you get to keep those console games. games. Yeah, but you have to buy them. Yes, they need to so give them selling. away with these people, to these people. I'm really wondering how, how they're selling. Uh, although specifically 16-bit, 8-bit, older Nintendo I'm going to tell games. you poorly because no one owns the system on which to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there's... So anyway, I think Iwata should stick around just because, you know, lesson learned. Um, but well, he that, definitely needs to make changes. It's a really good point, right? I mean, nobody has learned tough lesson better than somebody who's steering a gigantic ship. Yeah, and... And nobody's then, better equipped to learn from their own mistakes than somebody with, who's made those mistakes. You're absolutely. Totally right. and, and in the long term, things go up and down. And he's even said this, like, I'm not going to fire a bunch of developers because we're having a down year right now. We need to, you know, tough out the storm and continue making great stuff. Right. And... I, I completely agree with that, and I don't care who's who's running it. It's more than just one person at the top. So, I mean, I don't really know. Maybe he screwed up in ways that are so severe that whatever. Not my point. <clears throat> I don't care if he stays or goes, but they do need to make changes. Um, however, the change that they should not make is going no console, right? So a lot of people are saying Nintendo needs to just forget making consoles and make games like Sega did. See, I don't understand how that makes any difference to anything one way or the other. Because... What they do with their consoles is special. The point is they do something different. Like, the difference between Xbox One and PlayStation 4 is completely negligible. No, you're totally right about that. But my what I'm saying is I don't understand why just making games would remedy any situation. Oh, because their games would actually get up to the audience that wants to play them, to everybody. Like, if they made a Mario game for the PS4 and the Xbox One, it would just get, and the Nintendo didn't exist, they would get access to all players. See, I don't accept that at face value. I think if people wanted to play the Mario game, they would pay the money to get the console to play the Mario game. No, I mean, cost is always a factor. Cost is always a factor in the market. Well, of course it is. Right? So people it, buy one system. It's, already, then... it's weighed against how good the product is, though. Right, and I'm not going to descend into um, jargon here, but yeah, but people want to play Assassin's Creed, and they want to play, you know, whatever the new basketball game is, or fo- you know, Madden, and they want to play. I was going to say Street Fighter, but that is not a game people really want to play. There's plenty of games that people want to play from third parties. Yeah, but look, and there's only like two or three Nintendo games that people care about, and not the hardcore gamers, but they would play them if they existed on those systems. Yeah, but in the past, their games have moved their systems. And to yep, make, but to they make, need to be available on launch. Well, that's another thing. But to to basically, um, I don't know. To go that route, to me, it just sounds like they're um, they're basically admitting that okay, 
we are not able to make a game that will move a system any longer. Now we have to depend on things that move other things that move other consoles and people just to have them for for people to buy enough of our games. Yeah. Well, and I don't know where the sentiment is coming from. If these people are saying, well, to save the sinking ship or because we want to play your games, but we don't want to buy your crappy yeah. system. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's, I think it's a huge step to make that kind of suggestion. I think they should, I think that they're better equipped to figure out what they're going to do better than any of us are. Yeah. What, Even despite their uh, so-called failure. Well, right certainly, now. but I, I think it's, it stands to reason that they would be more successful if, Upon launch, they had the things people wanted. Well, of course. Yeah. And clearly, they got out a year early because they didn't want to compete against the other guys. Mm-hmm. But you're not competing against the other guys if you don't have a product people actually want. Sounds like that was a strategic you know, trade-off they made, right? It's like we can get in early and not have the launch goods, or we can get in late and compete more with the launch goods. I guess they decided on... Honestly, that would have been better. It would have worked. But, I mean, that's a hindsight thing. Yep. At the time, though, I could tell you that launching without... The, the proper launch materials, the games that people care about, um, that is a guaranteed failure because they've done it before. And anyway, I'm very upset with them. I continue to be upset because I love the system and it's going nowhere. Uh, but all these people saying they should go no console, it, it says basically they should lose their lifeblood. They should give up being Nintendo and doing interesting things. They have no control over those interesting things if they're making it for somebody else. If anything else... The hardware they produce has value in and of itself, even if it's complete economic failures every time. And I wish they would continue just on that back alone. All right. Well, end of the show, guys. Thanks again for listening. And I want to remind you all about UAT.edu, University of Advanced Technology, the wonderful place. We thank them very much. Go visit their website. Go, uh, go pay them money to teach you stuff. And uh, they'll be around for one more week. We will be around for many more weeks. Later, everybody. Good night, guys. listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us